welcome back to another episode of Ambition on Fleek. I am your co-host, Peng Peng Lee. And I am your co-host, Janae Honest. And in this podcast, we want to inspire and motivate you through our unique stories from our gymnastics experiences. We are both national champions, and we think we know what it takes to be successful <laughs> athletes. Yes, Jay. <laughs> so through the sport of gymnastics, we have learned the importance of balance when it comes to addressing the physical, mental, and emotional sides of life. So today we have our very, a very special treats. And yes, go ahead. <laughs> a special guest. She is the legend, Miss Val. Valerie Condosfield, former UCLA women's gymnastics head coach. And I'm just going to name a few of the many accomplishments that she has made in her long career. <laughs> so seven NCAA champions. Championships. Champions. <laughs> 18 Pac-12 championships, four-time National Coach of the Year, four-time Conference Coach of the Year, and Pac-12 Gymnastics Coach of the Century. So we want to welcome our very first guest, Miss Valerie Condos Fields. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone who doesn't know, Miss Val is was our coach at UCLA, and so we thought it would be great to have her on our podcast so she can see what her former gymnasts and athletes are doing now. Michelle, how are you doing today? Okay. So this is so weird because as you guys are introducing me and talking about the fact that I was your coach and all this, Jordan Weber is calling me, and I'm saying, time out, time out, can't talk to you right now on a podcast with today and Hey. So oh, weird. Oh, What? We're all together now. That's cute. <laughs> okay, well, so Miss Val, we have to tell you in our podcasts, we don't get started with you right away. We always start with a perfect 10 moment. Do you want to take a guess what that is? You doing balance game at the national championship at the end, 2018, right? No. <laughs> no. So no. our perfect 10 perfect. segment. Uh, oh, go ahead. You want to guess? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can't. <laughs> so our perfect 10 segment is, you know, anything that you're proud of that you did in this week. It can be big, it can be small, but we want to make sure that you celebrate these small baby steps you are taking towards your goal or just anything that you want to accomplish in that day or in the week. Remember when you always told us that there's no such thing as perfect? Yes. It's a, more of a feeling? Yeah. So we decided to start every podcast with a perfect 10 moment of something we're proud of during the week or the day. Isn't that cool? Okay. This is going to get a li little deep, though. Why? But it's the first thing to mind. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, what's today? Today's the 15th. What is today? May 15th. Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. <laughs> um, I love having guests on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay. And I don't mean to get really deep right away, but I'm going to be honest and transparent and vulnerable right now because it's the first thing that came to mind. So okay. um, this is the first week that I am done at UCLA and it's hitting me a lot harder than I thought it would. And so I've been in a funk and my perfect 10 moment, and I'm down here um, rehearsing the show at SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. I just started yesterday. And I have to say my perfect 10 moment was this morning. I was, um, I talked with the cast 
before we start rehearsals every day. And I just paused and I just said, I'm going to be real honest with you guys. Um, I choreographed for shows for Seabrook for 29 years and I'm always up and excited and chipper. And I need to tell you I'm in a funk. And this is why I'm in a funk. And I'm really happy to be here, though. Um, you know, being here with all of you and helping you become champions in these four weeks that I had in rehearsals is something I'm really appreciative for and grateful for and, and looking forward to. So it was, I'm saying it was my perfect 10 moment because here are these, these young performers, acrobats that had basically most of them had just met me for the first time. And I'm coming in to them larger than life and just got real and vulnerable quickly. And um, a few of them came up to me during rehearsal and just said how much that meant to them. Oh, that's nice. That I wasn't put on a happy face. You are so amazing. We're proud of you, Miss Val. <laughs> Your Thanks. lashes look phenomenal, by the way, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think yeah. after post-college life is hard. Remember, you always told us post-college life, and it's, I can't even imagine... You've been in college. You think I've been in college long for six years. You've been in college for what? 20, 30, 30, 36, 30, 37, 37. 37. Hey, when we started this podcast, I said like 20 and it was way more <laughs> than I expected. <laughs> well, you know, now you're an alumni like us, so you can always call us. Or <laughs> how? I have a question. How long did it take you two to get past the funk? We're still... I Okay, I'll answer on my yeah. behalf. I'm still in the funk. I think it's slowly going away now because I feel like I have a better grip on what I want to do with life. And I think the reason why I was out of the funk, it's hard to see that family, the Bruin family, posting, texting each other, being in a group, and you're always a part of that group. But when you're out of it, it's... It's almost like FOMO, fear of missing out, <laughs> that you're all, all of a sudden, sometimes you think you're not a part of that family anymore, but you know you still right. are. But now that I've finally figured out like my YouTube channel, my acting career, and it's slowly starting to take flight, I feel more comfortable because I almost feel more secure with what I'm doing and in a better place to be okay with being not directly in that family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, what about you, yeah. And then my funk. So it having the surgery was a little easier because I was going into Acosta every day and seeing Larita and seeing the girls. So it didn't feel like the immediate cutoff. Okay. Bye. See you when, when we see you. Um, but I'll say my funk lasted for the first, I'll say three to four months. And then, um, when the season started and being on the other side watching, because I know how that feels when we start competing and you prep together and all the nerves and the excitement that you feel and just being on the other side and not be a part of it. I realized how much I missed it, but I did. I'm happily retired, you know, but I, I'll say that thankfully I was able to have my surgery and still see the girls and kind of slowly be weaned off of not being a part of the team. But, but yeah, I'll say a few months because for me. We got to hang out a lot and we got to watch we got to bond being on the other side. Yeah. So it was it was interesting because it's almost like you have to think about removing yourself even though mm -hmm. you don't want to. Of course, like, I still want to be in the know of everything. Yeah. But I do know that that's their team now. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to 
give allow them to you know lead and yeah. all that stuff but it definitely is something it's it's taught me to reach out more and it's taught me to it's really true yeah it's yeah. taught me to reach out more to be yeah. honest even being or celebrating Gracie's birthday last night, seeing all the girls, I just miss them so much. Every single one of them just have been such a big part of my life. So seeing them, I was just right. it's mm, not even I miss you guys. Yeah. It's not even being um out of off a team too. It's just in college, you just see all your friends every single day and it's so right. nice. You have a happy environment. But now it's kind of this is what I tell people when I'm entering my acting career. Now I'm creating a new community of people to kind mm -hmm. of just fulfill me too. It's like a a new family. But not <laughs> not, not separate, just like yeah. to in include adding. in the old adding. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're adding siblings and cousins <laughs> and aunts and uncles. <laughs> So, yeah. How, how's your funk going, Miss Val? Um, I'm getting like the comedy routine right here with you too. So this is good. So we're getting yeah. her out of her funk. I'll just take that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You're part no, of us now. True. You know, it's good to hear, not that other people go through it, but to realize obviously other people go through it. And I said that to myself all year. Oh my gosh. People retire all the time. Get over it. You know? <laughs> You know what's um, funny is I remember when I told you about my funk and then you told me, Pang, every athlete says this. Every athlete goes through this. But I think now that you're going through it, you're almost that much wiser now because you're actually going through it and not just giving advice on it. <laughs> it's like now you, you're you put but, in that situation. What, what you said about the team, them needing to build that bond um, amongst each other, that is... I think the, the biggest cause of my funk is that I have to question myself now when I want to reach out to one of the girls that's on the team, just to check in and say, Hey, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> Welcome to our lives. <laughs> yeah. I always want to reach out to you about wine night and I'm like, she's too busy. <laughs> <laughs> she's in San Diego. <laughs> you know, they need to develop that relationship now with Chris Waller. They need to develop that loyalty and all of that with him and uh you know i've heard horror stories of all sports when coaches just won't go away mm. and they keep hurting themselves you know um, you know what janae and i've learned i think we've learned a lot about when we say reaching out just having small get-togethers which is really important, I think, for the both of us yeah. because we'll have well, we use Game of Thrones as <laughs> our night. But you know, it's it's really great when they respond. They say, "Oh, we want to come. We want to come to your game night. We want to come to your Game of Thrones night." And sometimes some of them just want to hang out. So I think that's why I, it's easier getting out of the funk because I feel like I found my routine of not being invasive, but more just being. Uh, I don't know, like, right. I definitely know what you mean about being invasive. Like the coaches don't leave because there have been alumni that don't leave and they're, they're just always in the gym. Just, you need to know that our class did not come in really much at all because, because we of that. didn't want to be the invasive alumni that just are always up in the den for some reason. Like <laughs> I made no, really, this is something I thought about. And same when I did reach out to the girls, like when Pula wanted to come over to cook, I said, oh, my gosh, you want to hang out with me? Like I'm not being intrusive right now. <laughs> so I completely relate to your intrusive thought. Okay. <laughs> we'll have a funk 
get out of our funk wine night. How's that? That sounds great. Oh, You'll be surprised if you, this is what we do. We even just say, send a group out to um, our old team group chat, or we'll even text a bunch of the girls and say, Hey, you can invite whoever you want. And we just have a, a gathering yeah. and it, it ends up being great. great. Cause you just get a, you just get a feel like nothing's changed. Right. It's really nice. Well, always family it's always family so exactly yeah. oh i miss you miss Val. i know <laughs> i get to see her tomorrow <laughs> wow <laughs> it's fine i have a nice day job i'll just text you guys i'll facetime you okay you can facetime <laughs> us i have unlimited data now <laughs> wow i know that's crazy that was a big moment for me <laughs> so miss val i love hearing and catching up with you but we did bring you on for a purpose She's like staring at us. <laughs> oh, goodness. So the topic we came up today, and I actually thought this was quite great because Mother's Day had just happened. And the topic mm. that we're talking about today is parenting and creating this safe space in, well, this case, the gym, but in sport for athletes and young athletes. Yeah. And so if, for all of you who don't know, Miss Val has definitely made a legacy for herself for creating these safe spaces for also seeing athletes for more than just an athlete but she allows them to grow as a person as well so this is exactly why we brought her on to our podcast today and we just wanted to get inside your brain a little bit we're gonna mm -hmm. pick at your brain but okay because <laughs> you're definitely you've been a mother figure for so many gymnasts throughout your career and I definitely see you as a second mom which is why I miss you so much and I'm having withdrawals um, <laughs> but I did want to ask you a question because each girl that came in to your care your motherly care um, each had a different experience growing up and they had a different background um, and you being a head coach, you have all these different girls with different backgrounds. Did you see that as a challenge or did you look forward to that to figure out what's the best way to coach them and, you know, build them up as a person? I definitely didn't see it as a challenge because it's called life. And mm -hmm. I've always had a really strong understanding that um, we are so we are all unique that there's never been another Janae, you know, in the history of man, and there never will be another Janae. So you are here for a reason. And, um, I, you know, I think that when, you know, going, thinking back to the relationships that I've had with both of you and other, all the other girls that are on the team, I think I probably talk a lot, like when you're in my office and all that, but I try to listen. And I feel that, the one thing that I want to to encourage freshmen to do from the get-go is to feel comfortable and have that safe space talking mm -hmm. about whatever is on their mind. And nine times out of ten, it's not gymnastics. It's how to maintain, how to develop. It's quite often with freshmen, it's actually um, how to develop a, a more... Uh, mature relationship with their parents mm -hmm. how you know how to how to get their, their especially their moms off the bat how to have a respectful loving relationship that's different now that they're in college and adult than it was living in their home um and and the thing that i've always enjoyed is earning the trust of freshmen 
And when they really start opening up and talking about all these things is when I feel that I've, I've given them that safe space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about with parents, I, in, in almost all of my speaking engagements, I always finish up talking to parents and coaches in the room. And um, once again, I'm going to go deep here, but uh, there has been more report of anxiety, stress, depression, and sadly suicide in our youth than ever before in the history of man. And that's on us. That's on parents. That's on coaches. Mm-hmm. That's on anyone that oversees the growth and maturity of a, of a young person. And um, we've got to do a better job of a lot of things, including listening. So when, how, for parents, what advice do you give to create that safe space? Because I've had some parents when I go out to appearances and they just say, how do I get my child better? How do I do this? And I always say, I remember when you talked about creating safe spaces and I always say, you're not supposed to do anything <laughs> really. But I just want to ask you the question of when you do approach parents and coaches, especially coaches, because they, the athlete is in the gym with them. What top advice do you give them about creating that safe space? Is it just mainly listening or is it creating a culture and an environment for them to feel comfortable? I believe the first thing that we have to do and change in our country is we need to redefine success and winning. Mm. And winning is not always success. Mm-hmm. Mm. Snaps, he's preaching. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> and uh, that is, I think, the biggest problem is that um, so many parents and coaches coach from their egos. And when an athlete wins, they pat themselves on the back. What a great coach I am. When the child gets an A in a class, you know, the parents go, Ooh, I'm such a great parent. Um, I think this is the problem that we're having with in college now with, uh, the admission scandal, what's going on mm. in colleges with parents paying to get their children into schools. And, you know, the first questions I want to ask is, did your child even want to go to that school? Because right, some of right. the cases that they, the students have said they didn't even care. They didn't even want to go to school. So, um, you know, is it about, is it about your child really wanting to go to that school or is it about you wanting the bragging rights that your child went to school? Mm -hmm. So we have to redefine success for our children and you've got to then allow them to find joy in the process of whatever they're doing without having to worry about winning. Right. I think it's healthy to thrive to to want to to win but it's more important to set goals every day of success and and what striving for excellence looks like per that child because let's say you have a child who's not who's not very flexible and is not that talented but she loves gymnastics mm-hmm. you don't want her to quit just because she's not winning right you want doing it because there's so many great life lessons that come through learning a sport of gymnastics. And um, I, you know, I, I've been asked a lot, especially starting last summer about how we changed the culture in gymnastics based on the whole Larry Nassar scandal. And it was just so clear to me at that moment. It's not about gymnastics. 
It's about all athletics across the board. It's about how we're raising our children. We have to redefine success. I agree with wow, that. She, like, she answered a question before I even answered it. And I thought it was a really good question. <laughs> this is why Miss Val is a legend. Wait, what was your question? My question was because she brought up the Larry Nassar thing. And I was going to mention that a lot of stuff has happened in the sport of gymnastics. And she had athletes come to her that came from abusive situations, whether it be physical, mental, emotional. And I was going to ask her, how do you recreate that safe space? Because a sport that they love became so tainted and they didn't want mm. to be in the sport anymore. And she just... <laughs> answer it. <laughs> yeah. it bothers me when people blame gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Mm. gymnastics it wasn't even a group of people in my opinion it was one person it was the person that headed up usa gymnastics that allowed this type of a culture to to keep going um and it, it really drives me nuts because all sport is amazing, and I really do feel that gymnastics is a very, very unique, um, amazing sport. I feel it teaches young people at such a young age to focus for a long, substantial period of time. I think that's one reason why most gymnasts are great students in the classroom, is because you've learned at a very young age how to focus. Um, be disciplined, to too. Extent, don't at that age. I think the sport of gymnastics is absolutely amazing. So please don't blame our beautiful sport. When you were at UCLA, I knew I know that you had a lot of lessons learned from John Wooden, and I know you took a lot of his life lessons. Did that motivate and inspire you to create those safe spaces, or um, how did he help you become such a great role model and such a wise person over the years? Or have you turned your own Miss Val Flair on the John Wooden pyramid? Of success. Of success. <laughs> uh, coach Wooden, okay, when I was first asked to be the head coach, I knew absolutely nothing about gymnastics. And so I did what I thought was prudent, and I uh, started mimicking, setting and mimicking other coaches. And in my mind, coaches were really this tough, gnarly verbally almost abusive type of black and white and um i studied people like bobby knight and i acted and i grew up on stage acting so i just acted like them <laughs> and i was horrible absolutely horrible the team did horribly and it wasn't until a few years later i happened upon coach wooden's definition of success and it said success is peace of mind which is a direct result and knowing you've become the best you're capable of becoming and I read it over and over and over again because I knew that Coach Wooden had won 10 championships in 12 years. He was hailed as the greatest coach that ever lived. I'm a coach. Coaches are hired to figure out how to win. Success in athletics is winning. Mm-hmm. So why did the greatest coach that ever lived mention winning in his definition of success? And I read it over and over and over again. And it said, success is peace of mind in becoming the best that you are capable of becoming. And I realized that realized at that moment, I had been trying to be somebody else by mimicking these other coaches. I wasn't being true to me. So that was the first time I hadn't even met Coach Wooden yet, though, that he he released the pressures of me having to posture like a coach 
and allowed me just to start being me. And then I remember I did meet him and I think it was 2004, we'd won four championships in five years. And the LA Times was doing an article on Coach Wooden and me. And the LA Times reporter said, well, you're becoming the next John Wooden. And I just thought that was blasphemy. And before I could say anything, Coach, with his little crossed arms and his twinkly blue eyes, he said, mm-hmm. why would she want to be another John Wooden when she can be a great Valerie Condo Field? Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, the, it was like the last of whatever <clears throat> I felt was holding me back, trying to posture being a coach, was released. I have a question, started- actually. Sorry, I just mm-hmm. thought of it. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> oh my gosh, her Miss Valet's um, Because John Wooden allowed you to be the best you, do you think, because I'm going through this right now, do you think that you're now applying the things you had learned from UCLA to the real life right now? Because sometimes I tell Janae, when we talk in this podcast, I feel like we learned so much and we're so wise after UCLA. But for some reason now, we're taking everything we learned from UCLA and still applying it right now. And I feel like it's so apparent with you because, you know, you're retired, you learned all these things. And to for you to come on this podcast and say you're in a funk, it's very, I don't know, it's it's very real. And relatable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that one of, one of the greatest gifts I got from being a coach at UCLA was I had to walk the walk. And I mean, there were times that you called me out, Peng, and mm-hmm. you just said, you know, you're expecting <laughs> from, from all of us and we're, we expect the same from you, Miss Bell. And it was like, whoa, that was really good to hear. And, um, it's a, it's a great profession if you take it seriously like that, that you've got to uh, be the example for your student athletes. Um, I wouldn't say I'm feeling that as much now, like have putting it all into place and walking the walk as much as I did when I got breast cancer. Mm. Because when I got diagnosed, um, then everything that I had been coaching and preaching all along hit me every day about my attitude, about my thoughts, about choosing my thoughts, about choosing my actions, about it being a choice. I could, it was my choice to have a pity party, to be down and depressed or to be grateful that I actually got to get chemotherapy. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, that's what I preach to you guys. The one thing that I want you all to get while you're at UCLA gymnastics is that everything you do in life is a choice. And every choice you make is going to have numerous repercussions. And um, I had a choice to, and I chose in that moment to be grateful that I, I lived in a time that had chemotherapy. So remember I called it my chemo spa. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my. I get to go to I the to go spa. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, she just makes me smile. I know. For some <laughs> reason, I, I'm just so proud of you. Yeah. I don't know if you hear I'm it proud enough. Of you too, honestly well yeah well i know you have to leave soon so (laughs) i didn't want to keep asking you questions (laughs) because you've answered a lot actually no i knew we were going to get deep into it 
regardless of if we really got into our questions, because from the perfect 10 moment, that was supposed to be a little segment. We didn't even talk to, about our perfect 10s. Like, Miss Val just took our perfect 10 moments She dove into away. it, and then we got to reflect, and it just worked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, in your podcast, are you guys addressing your own... Uh, mountains that you boulders that you climbed through and bursted through i mean janae you know you you have such an important story to share about how you got to ucla and how people in your closest inner circle felt that you were not going to be successful and that you were making the wrong choice Mm -hmm. coming to a program like ucla you would never compete you would never you would never leave your stamp you would be lost and you not only what did you I don't think you set out to prove them wrong. You just did you. But I think the fact that you made that choice to come to a place that was scary and that was intimidating and that was unlike any level of gymnastics you would ever experience on a daily basis, um, it says a lot about the courage that you have and, and that you had in doing that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, we definitely do touch on the hills and the mountains and the valleys that we go through because we want to make this as relatable and not real. just to people in the sport of gymnastics um, and real. Yeah. So we definitely touched on that. But thank you. That's really it makes me go make me cry. <laughs> I think the great thing about this podcast is that Janae and I come from totally different backgrounds, but we have gone through similar experiences so it's great when we talk about different topics in this podcast because you get her perspective and then you get my perspective and we always we go back to dr p a lot too and we tell our audience and we always say we want to invite you to just try our methods but it might not work for you but if it helps you that would be great so we always try and give our little two cents but we definitely i love that you went deep because we are we are trying to be as real as possible mm-hmm. on this podcast so that um, people can relate to it. And also they know it's not just about us winning a national championship. It took a lot <laughs> to even get 720 there. <laughs> Woodward circuits, Miss Val eyes. Okay. Talking about the safe space and talking about, excuse me, not the safe space, talking about redefining success, you know, and it's not about winning every time. And I think I've been with you, Peng, when I, when we've, talked with young girls about the young gymnasts about this athletes and i always encourage them to go watch the youtube of our last event at the 2018 championships and how ecstatic all of you were crying so ecstatic simply because you could leave that arena with no regret mm-hmm. because we thought we had finished third maybe second <laughs> maybe fourth <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah and for real four came and it was like, yay, Tangers gets to lead her career with a 10. It still wasn't that we had won. And I think that's so important for people to know that, that all of that exuberance and exhilaration and tears and all that wasn't because we thought we'd won. We didn't know we had won. Yeah, it hit some people really late. And we were just... It's funny, I was watching it recently with Pula. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all watching everyone's reaction at different points in time because everyone found out at different times. And it was so cool. And I think 
you talking about creating that safe space just means that you're able to relate to the athletes more. You're able to not even win with them. You're able to have those moments where when they thrive, you can thrive with them. And it's, it's a special bond, not just about winning the title. It was more about winning together and leaving the arena with no regrets. And kind of like what you tell us every single day that we lived each minute during that competition with each other. And I think that's why it, it was so important. And I think that's why we love talking to you because you always bring that new perspective and you always have your own perspective and it's not any of our perspectives, but we also want to share that you, everyone has can own themselves a hundred percent and everyone has their own unique story to tell. And I think it's so cool. I have friends that want to have dinner with you. So yeah. I may bring guests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I said um, you need to reach out and, and ask Dr. King to be a guest on your podcast. Ooh, I'm gonna write that down. Ooh. I'm gonna write that Talk down. About yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you. And Ms. I would love to come back. So thank you so much. Yes, come back. You, you can you can come back on our podcast whenever you want. Maybe next time you can come in the studio and all three of us can be in here. That's thank yeah. you, Miss right, V. Okay, love okay. you. I won't see you tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Miss Val had to leave, so with that abrupt stop. Of Miss Val leaving. That was a great episode. That we're, was. we're definitely having more guests. I don't know what we've been doing. I don't know what we've been thinking. <laughs> we think we're all of that in a bag of chips. <laughs> I know. We need we need the pickles and <laughs> for real. No more talking in circles. No more talking in circles. <laughs> we go. Jerry said we did great, but I was like, mm, we we need more content. <laughs> <laughs> to, so, pl- I can't speak. <laughs> Problem solved. Just ask just, the guest questions. Ask, no. All right, y'all, make sure you like, you rate, you subscribe, and you review this episode on wherever you listen to your podcasts. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ambition on Fleek. If you have any questions or any suggestions for future, oh my gosh, (laughs) for future episodes. There we go. That sounds weird when you break it down. Episodes. Episodes. Language is weird, man. English is weird. If you have any suggestions, tweet at us. DM us at Pang Pang Seely or at Janae Honest, and we will get back to you shortly. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>